ever wanted to write a book to help promote your business? Sometimes words on paper can do so much more than an elevator pitch or a website. They tell a story and Nina Durfrey helps people to put that story on paper and create that book to help them market their business. I'm excited to have her on the show with you today and excited that she loves some really good red wine just like I do. So grab your friends and a glass of wine and join us. I've kind of always had a romance with words. I love that. <laughs> I, even when I was little, I remember I have a, I have a memory back when I was about four years old and I was lying on the living room floor on my belly, just doing what four-year-olds do, pretty much nothing. And uh, my mom came into the room and she had a giant tablet. It was, it had the picture of a big Indian chief on the, with a headdress, you know, on the front of it. And, and she gave me a big fat yellow pencil. And I flipped up the cover on that pad. And I knew when I saw that blank page that I could create anything I wanted. I didn't know, I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, I had no clue what it was, but I knew that, you know, this was like just a field of possibilities. And what happened is that very quickly, I discovered that I was much happier precisely carving out the letters of the alphabet at age four than I was trying to draw a picture or do any kind of artistic something. And that was the beginning hint of words matter to me, letters matter to me, combinations. And um, I, I always, I loved spelling bees. I could diagram sentences with my eyes closed. I had a natural sort of understanding of how the language works. When I got out of um, high school, out of business school, I went to work for lawyers. And I did that because I so appreciate the precision of the legal legal language um Mm -hmm. you know understanding that literally a comma could could mean the difference between innocence and guilt yes (laughs) and um you know so i worked for lawyers for a long time and then decided at some point like we kind of all do sort of midlife that there must be more to life than this i became a life coach after having consulted with some life coaches and in that process, I partnered with a, another life coach to offer what we called wisdom well retreats, self-discovery retreats for women. Nice. And, and um, in that process, my, my business partner, Anna Goldsworthy, wanted to, uh, she, she suggested we write a book together. And I was a little reluctant, but we, um, you know, she write a chapter, I'd write a chapter and every time she wrote a chapter, I kind of, you know, hesitantly said, do you think we could say it this way instead? Uh-huh. And it, it turns out that the capacity for me to edit and clarify language was, is something that, that comes very natural to me. And she said, you know, when I, when I would ask her that, she'd say, you know, every time you do that, it comes out so much better. It comes out so much clearer. You make it so much better. Why aren't you doing this for a living? And that was the aha for me that, oh, well, 
I thought it was so easy. Everybody could do it, but you mean there's a market for this? Yeah. <laughs> interesting how you, you're so close to your skills and your talents that you just didn't realize that they were unique. That's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So that's how I ended up beginning to help people with their words. And, um, and I have come across, I, I ended up writing a book about how to say it simply. My, my book is called uh -huh. Say It Simply. Uh -huh. And, um, and it's, it's really designed for people who want to write a book that supports their business. It, it showcases their expertise. It sets them apart from other people who do the same sort of thing that they do. Right. Um, that sort of thing. And it becomes a tool for them to, uh, to be invited to the speaker stage or to, you know, to demonstrate their expertise to their, to their client base or their prospects. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, so that's kind of what I do now and, and I'm loving it. Well, there's a coaching element to that. So it sounds like all of your experiences are really rolling together. That is absolutely true. And, and um, when you talk about the coaching element, a good part of what I do is, um, is I, I help people to recognize that even though, you know, their expertise might be anything, their expertise could uh, you know, massage therapy, or it could be, you know, the steps of leadership for, you know, big corporations, or it could be yada, 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 whatever it is. Yeah. Even though they have an expertise, what might not be their forte is, is written, writing with clarity. Right. And so they'll say, you know, a lot of times people say, well, yeah, it'd be nice to have a book, but I'm not a writer. It's like, you don't have to be a writer. You're an expert in your field, splat your words onto the page and I will help you make sense of them and order them and, and, and help you deliver them in a way that, that really helps to boost your success. To people who have something important to share, but don't know that they know, the, the secret of putting those words together. So what percentage of your clients are people who take advantage of your writing services versus those who just have you edit their work? So, well, that's a good question. And it's, um, it's, it's no reflection on the, um, the authors or the entrepreneurs, but I am loving that I am at a position in my life where I can say, this content thrills me and yes, I will take your work. Um, and I can also say, you know, this isn't really right up my alley. I, it's not the stuck content I'm interested in reading. So let me refer you to somebody else. Um, so depending on the content, then I will offer, you know, services either to edit or to coach. And I would say that, you know, almost, almost 100% of my clients will engage in some of my coaching services um, to guide them about how they're putting their, their work together. Um, it's not necessarily the bulk of what I do for them. And, and frankly, my favorite, favorite client is the one who has already written the manuscript and says, okay, I'm ready to get this published. Just do the editing for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I, but I do love doing all of it. And um, so I don't know. I think, I think there's, there is an element of coaching 
even sometimes it's not so much about the writing as about the yes you can <laughs> piece right. of you know getting published mm-hmm. and you know it's a daunting undertaking for anyone who hasn't worked around the publishing world at all and i would imagine in your coaching people might take advantage of your recommendations on where they should get the book published so I do have people that ask me that. They certainly ask me about that. And and there are a lot of what I provide, the actual service that I provide is the coaching and the edit, editing to make their content clear, concise, compelling, and correct before it goes out into public. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I also have the other elements of publishing are not my genius. And so I refer those out. And I have a list of resources. So I have, I have people that I will refer to help you design your cover, people that I refer that help you design your interior layout, which a lot of people don't even think about that as being an element of publishing. But yeah, look at the interior of books, and they all look so different. And what do you want yours to convey? And how do you want that to be? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have experts in that. I have I recommend people to, um, I have an, an, an expert who will help um, upload your content, including your, your cover and all of the things you need and get your ISBN number and all of that stuff onto um, Kindle Direct Publishing, which is, you know, through Amazon. Uh, it's, it's a publishing on, publish on demand, print on demand um, service. Mm-hmm. And and I recommend that um, as opposed to traditional publishing um, simply because, and I, and I guess I can't say I recommend it across the board, but for the most part, people who are looking to write the book that supports their business, they're wanting to get into print right away. Mm-hmm. They're wanting to be able to have, you know, either it's a glorified, you know, calling card for that's how they use their book, you know, so, um, or, or, you know, they're, they're educating their clients or their prospects, but, um, you know, uh, to, to get in with a traditional publisher is substantially more complicated and the services that are provided today are a lot different, mm-hmm. um, and maybe less than they were say 25 years ago. Right. Um, so, so I, I give people guidance in, in those directions, and I have uh, people that I work with that I trust that, you know, can give that expertise, and so that's how that goes. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful service that you provide, um, especially for those who have been told that in order to be accepted to most print publishing houses, you need to have a substantial social media network. And if you don't have tens of thousands of followers, you might as well not try. (laughs) It's daunting. (laughs) Yes, it it is. It is daunting. And, um, um, and, and speaking of that, one of the, one of the resources that I provide as well is um, uh, I work with a, a publisher in Arizona who actually their specialty is to market you to, um, to Amazon bestseller status. So they help you maneuver that process of, of you know, getting much greater visibility online. And, um, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a jumpstart to launch your, uh, your presence. Nice. So, uh, yeah. 
Well, it's so nice these days with, um, there's so much information for marketing your business, marketing yourself, marketing your book. It can be so daunting that it, it just feels easier to not do it because you don't know in what sequence do I do these things. And even as I've been growing my own business, I'll have one person tell me you absolutely uh, only need to be on LinkedIn. And somebody else will say, girl, you have clients on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I thought I could get away with not being on Instagram. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's so overwhelming. I think there's a reason why people are willing to pay a little bit of money to kind of receive a step-by-step process. Yes. And I, and I think, you know, there is a, a not every person uh, fits a specific, you know, this is, this is the route you should take. Um, you know, all avenues are not necessarily the right, the right path for, for all authors um, or, or all businesses. And I, I'm a, um, <laughs> so, so for me, as, as an example, my books are available on Amazon. Anybody can go there and get them. Um, but I don't, I don't promote that. I almost do no, I do no Facebook advertisement. I don't do social media things. I connect with people face to face and, and they see my book and it, it, it generally sparks questions. And I, the, the way I use my book is not that I want it to be, it's, this is not New York Times bestseller material by any stretch, um, but it, it serves a purpose for a specific audience and I'm choosing to work mostly with local audiences. Now that doesn't, I do have clients all across the country, but, um, but that's how I, that's how I spread my book is, um, you know, I talked to somebody who's curious about that process and the, the subtitle for my book is, um, is eight easy steps to turn readers into clients. And so when they hear that, they say, oh, yeah, that's what I want. How do I do that? Yeah. You know, so um, so that opens the conversation for me to see, are we a match to work together? Nice. That's really great. And a fantastic place to be in your business where you can really choose the clients that you want to work with. Because there's an element of passion that makes um, success, really. There is. And, and I really, it, it's as important to me um, not just the content that I'm editing and, and, you know, the, the, the concepts and, you know, the degree that it's going to uplift, you know, whoever their readers are, but it's also my relationship with that author. Right. If we're not, if we don't have a harmonious, you know, relationship, if we can't communicate honestly and at ease and, um, and work together, then, you know, then, then we're not a match. It doesn't serve either of us. Right. Right. So true. Well, you know, speaking of ease, that's my um, somewhat forced segue into um, the conversation about just Nina and how you manage to um, balance the the demands of work in your, your whole life. As part of what we do in uh, this podcast and in my coaching and workshops, and I'm curating really great strategies on how people 
keep energized for their work and keep their soul fed and their spirits fed. So tell us a little bit about your own strategies for keeping your life in order. So I have been a meditator since the early 1970s. That ages me, but um, to me, that's, that's a process that I do daily uh, for 15 or 20 minutes. And I find that it sets the tone for my day. It clears, clears me of, you know, whatever sort of angst or worry or whatever things are happening. Not that all of that doesn't come back at some point, but it, but it's, it's a preparation tool. Mm -hmm. I also spend time journaling um, as a, you know, kind of a natural writer. So, so writing by hand, um, you know, with pen and paper in a, in a notebook, uh, is is a way that helps me to process, you know, maybe something I'm working on, or even just a, an opportunity to sit and um, and and put into words what I'm appreciating about what is working or what I'm looking forward to, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So meditating and journaling, those are two things that that I do on a really regular basis. I also at one point concocted kind of a twelve or thirteen rules to live by for myself. I don't know if you're interested in hearing. Yeah, those. you know, actually, I, I learned this process in graduate school, they called it. Um, I, I can't even th- a rule of life, basically. So I would love to know what your rules of life look like. Okay, so here they are. Simplify. Be happy. Mm-hmm. Don't take yourself too seriously. Yes. If it feels good, do it. Nice. Trust, mm-hmm. and that means mostly yourself, but also others. You're right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no when to quit. Laugh. Right. Appreciate. Mm-hmm. Be honest with yourself and with others. Yeah. Don't kid yourself. Yeah. And let it go beautiful that sounds like a great place to live (laughs) well sometimes I have to remind myself (laughs) right you know happiness is a daily choice and sometimes a minute by minute choice that's right and circumstances can turn us upside down Uh for the moment I used to joke and it's not really a joke that I used to say cheerful people piss me off (laughs) but you know when you're having a hard time choosing to be happy I think a lot of people really do feel that way. Uh, Well, and I think, and and that speaks to the, you know, be honest with yourself. It's like, when you're having a crappy day, you know, acknowledge that, okay, and and get it that this is going to pass. And for right now, this feels like crap. Right. And, And when I'm feeling a little bit better, I'll be able to have more control over my happiness in the moment. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's so true. Well, and my magic um, fix for those moods is to take a nap. <laughs> I always feel better after I take a nap. That that works. That works for some people. Naps don't work for me. But what does work is go for a walk. It's like it, yeah. it sh- shakes off that negative tension. And um, That's yeah, really so good. we all have our have our tools. That Sometimes work. naps can send you into a deep, deep well because you just want more sleep. So taking a walk is another good way or even meditating for 10 minutes, even three minutes 
can feel like you've taken a nap. Yep. It's that just shutting down, stepping back and Mm -hmm. yeah. Close your eyes, breathe deeply. Yep. Love that. So at the end of the day, when you're pulling a glass of wine or pulling a bottle of wine off your shelf, tell me about the favorite wine. You texted me a picture of it so I can post this in my wine palace. Tell me why this (laughs) is your favorite one. So what I texted you as my favorite is called Catena Uh Malbec. Yeah. Um, But frankly, I I don't know that it's my favorite wine. I, I think what what attracts me to it is that it's served by a favorite place that I go to that's local. And, um, and I just, that's always what I order when I go there. And it's just, it's like this, it, it, it's a match together in that circumstance. And it feels good to me in general. I really like dry rib wines and, and mostly, you know, when I'm purchasing wine off the shelf um, it's some kind of a Merlot or, or a Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, I like, I like dry red, and um, truthfully, I'm a I'm a pretty cheap wino. Um, uh-huh. You know, my favorite, uh, my go-to wines are you know probably ten or twelve dollars a bottle. Yeah. Um, not to say that I don't enjoy tasting um, and sampling others, but that's kind of kind of my daily go-to. I think that's fantastic. At least you're creating a more sustainable habit there because. <laughs> If we all loved um, wines over $30, we would drink less of them. <laughs> yes. I mean, and that just, you know, that, that diminishes your, your happy time. I'm such a fan <laughs> of finding fabulous wines under $15. I really uh, have been disappointed with pricier wines that I find are not as good as some of my $15 wines. So, well, it's yeah, and I've, good to I've know your wine. That. Yeah, I've, I've heard that... Uh, that there are tests done that say, you know, blind, blind taste tests mm-hmm. where, you know, the expensive wines are not any better than any of the, of the others. Yep, it's true. And when yeah. I do wine tasting at my retreats, we specifically choose wines probably under $20 mm-hmm. because um, we are pro- providing an education on wines that are made responsibly and that are, you know, tasty and responsibly priced. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Well, I have had that katana and um, I will post it on my wine palace and I will send you a copy of this podcast as soon as it's published so you can share it with all your friends. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for being on. I have so much to learn from you. I'm halfway through my first novel. I have not written my book for my business yet, my business card book, but Mm-hmm. I guarantee you I'll be calling you when I'm ready. <laughs> well, I'll love to talk to you when you're ready. Okay. Thanks a Thank lot, Nina. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you took the time to have a glass of wine with the girls today. I hope you found something that you can take back into your life that moves you from surviving to thriving in your work day and every day. If you love the conversation here, you might like to get on my mail list. Just go to 360lifestrategies.com and sign up. Heck, check out the blog or the retreats page if the subject caught your attention. There are other places where we can hang out. You need strategies for your everyday life? Look up 360 Life Strategies on Facebook or Pinterest where you can find my wine palace. Or suit your soul with everyday inspiration on Instagram at Donna Carlson 360 I hope you'll come again, bring a friend, 
and let us know what you think of this podcast. Heck, if you'll take 30 seconds and rate us now, we can keep bringing you strategies that make work and life work for you. Until next time. Thank you.